You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. All right, Mike, we got some uh, clarity, at least some, on Ime Adoka. We have a signing of veteran Blake Griffin. I have a helicopter or something flying behind me. And Luke Cornett is hurt. And welcome, everyone. Um, to uh, now, I guess in preseason, uh, in training camp mode of King of the Fourth Quarter podcast, um, you know, I think today we can we can touch on what we know about Ime and also maybe get into some actual basketball. And I'm a little more optimistic about where I think they are than I think a week ago, as I um, you know start to think about this team with Malcolm Brogdon. And I'm just going to kick it off, Mike here and then let you kind of roll with it. Um, I want to start with Ime. Um, I think I need to do a mea culpa where I really blame the Celtics for the week last week. I, I put a lot of onus on the Celtics withholding information. I think it's pretty clear now that the leak benefited Ime when it came out, and maybe that's probably where the leak came from was from his camp um, to make it look like it was just a consensual situation. You've heard from um, Matt Bonds and you've heard whispers of other places that this is really bad. I don't know if it's within the realm of sexual harassment or, you know, multiple um, situations. I don't know, but it doesn't sound good. And you don't really see anyone defending Ime or, um, you know, kind of saying within even the players that this is an unfair situation. So, It looks bad. And I think at the end of the day, the blame falls on his shoulders. Um, There was a real opportunity here with this team and to really stamp out a name for himself around the league. And um, he he pissed that away because it appears that he he couldn't control himself. And that's a real unfortunate situation for him. Um, It hurts this team. How much it hurts this team, I don't know. but, uh, you know, the Celtics, are, you know, you were right. And I, I kind of pushed back that he's never going to coach here again. I think you're absolutely right again on that. He may never coach anywhere again. And he, that's kind of where things are right now. And um, my thoughts are as, you know, he behaved in a way that was um, unacceptable for someone in the role that he was in. And, and you know, how much it actually cost this team, we're going to find out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know when we're gonna find out exactly what happened, but it sounds serious. And he's gone. Um, he had a good situation here. I mean, a great situation. He was coaching a championship team with two young wings, and uh, he pissed it all away. You know, and and the interesting, the most interesting thing to me is that the Globe was asking Brad Stevens and ownership um, about how they uh, vetted him before he got here. That tells me that, um, and you're not, you're not hearing anything from anybody. You're not hearing former coaches in San Antonio or former players coming out defending him. And that, to me, that raises some red flags that maybe this goes beyond just Boston. Uh, maybe he's got a history of this as a player or as a coach. And, um, you know, it's possible that the Celtics missed that. You know, things can be hidden that you don't find out until too late. I don't blame anybody for it. Um, 
it's just a it's a shitty situation and he probably hurt some people and he's gone and you know the players that seem the most impacted by it might have been Marcus Smart and his comments but overall um they're professionals Jim they're professional NBA players uh you win with players in the NBA not coaches uh so it, the onus is on them to move on there's enough talent on this team when you look at this roster if they're healthy they'll really believe in what they're doing it sounds like ownership is in Brad or proactive in trying to bring in another veteran presence on the bench. Uh, they reached out to the Clippers. They tried to get Jay Laranega back. That didn't work out, but I'm sure they're, they're rounding up people that they think would be helpful to coach Missoula. And uh, they're going to try to figure that out to give him as much help as he needs. But at the end of the day, uh, these guys got to remember what he may taught them and the schemes that he put together and just continue to, to pick up on that progress and, and, and take responsibility for it now, because, you know, Jalen and, and Tatum, they're seasoned vets now. They've been to the NBA Finals. They can carry this team. Uh, they don't need a they don't need a strong coach anymore. Uh, and if they do, um, they're going to have to figure out how to do it without one because they don't have it anymore. Uh, I believe that they can. I, I believe in Al Horford. I believe in Grant Williams. I believe in Marcus Smart. I think the addition of Brogdon is huge. I think a full season of Derek White is huge. The amount of talent they have at the guard position. We have Peyton Pritchard who, who went like seven straight games scoring double fi- figures in the playoffs last year as like your fourth point guard and an option that you just have. I, I just, they're deep with scoring. Um, they're going to have to overcome injuries at the beginning of the year, but overall, uh, yeah, I feel really good about this team. And I want to yeah. talk, I, I want to talk basketball. With it. I, 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 I really want to move past Emi. I don't know what more there is to talk about with this guy. Well, I, I think you've got a couple of couple things I want to respond to. First thing is I, I think, so yeah, it's a player's league, but I think the Celtics margin over the other teams is not great. The other top teams. So even though they oh, were the favorites, I, I didn't think they were uh, perennial favorites necessarily to be, you know, guaranteed to be better than Milwaukee or bar- guaranteed to be better than the Clippers or the Warriors or, or you know, whomever you want, want to throw there. So the margin's slim. And a change of co- coaching does matter. It's not like it's a complete zero. And I, we don't know if the schemes are going to stay the same. Ime's not the head coach anymore. Missoula may have his own schemes. And he may see this as I'm my own guy and I'm going to put in my own system. I don't know. I think if he was smart, he would stick with what worked last year. But you know, we don't know that. We're not at practice. We don't know. And I, I think, you know, can they overcome this? Yeah, but it, uh, it's 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 certainly an obstacle, and uh, I think it um it it's definitely a factor, and it and even if it just has a marginal impact, that could be the difference between having a really good season and having a championship season, and uh, just that marginal impact. So I, I I don't, it's not a it's not a zero, it's a, it's it's a, not a zero factor. It I don't know how you weigh it, but yeah, it, I'm not calling yeah. it a zero factor. I'm just thinking, and what I'm saying, the experience that these guys have now, they don't have a choice. They have to overcome this. They have to figure out a way. Well, and that's a question whether they, whether they can or not, and uh, I think that's uh, that's an open question. I think that's yeah, an open I, question. I guess yeah. I'm really confident that they can and they will. I just – I feel like we, we really saw Tatum and Brown mature a lot last year. And in the end, they're the only two that really matter. 
and, and we also saw Smart mature a lot last year too. But I just think overall, I mean, yeah, but it's not, it's it, not the, the way the way for me, Missoula would have to be a train wreck. He well, would have to be an absolute train wreck no, for see, it. See, to, I'm not. Uh, he he could be pretty good, and it's not just maturity. It could be a change in scheme. It could just be a slight change in culture. It could be a change in rotations and, and not grasping playoff rotations. It could be something slight in a close game that costs them the one seed or the two seed that has them go on the road in the Eastern Conference Finals. I I, I just think the margin is that slim between the, the really good teams in this league that the balance can shift pretty easily. And I, I don't think it has to be a dramatic um, factor. It just needs to be a factor to change that balance. And, and no, the I, biggest I factor is, so, Jim, the biggest factor is if, if Rob Williams is healthy and this team is healthy, I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much coaching really impacts it at that point. Well, I, I don't think even if Rob Williams is healthy, I think they're probably the, the best team. But I, I, I think if Milwaukee's fully healthy, they're not much worse. I think it's really close. I think it's really close if Chris yeah. Middleton is fully able to play and you got a healthy Giannis and Drew Holiday. That's a championship team that we know already with a, a multiple-time MVP and, and all-star players. Yeah, isn't it even a debate, too. though, if Rob was healthy last year that they were going to beat Golden State? I think they would have won the title if Rob was healthy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I think, that, but I also, and I think they probably would have beat Milwaukee even if Middleton was healthy. But I don't think that's uh, that's closer to a, a coin flip to me. <laughs> I think. I, I guess. I, I mean, I, Rob I wasn't healthy against Milwaukee, and they. I don't think so. They, I mean, they didn't have a healthy Rob against Milwaukee, and they beat them. No, and they but Milwaukee didn't have Chris Middleton. Right. Yeah. I, and so, like, I, I think. That's what I mean. I think those two teams in particular are very, very close. And if I'm a Milwaukee fan today, I'm feeling better about my team's chances than I did two weeks ago because of what's going and, on. And just to counter it a little bit, I get it. I get what you're saying. Coaching matters. I mean, Golden State went like a whole season without Steve Kerr and had like, I think like Luke Walton at one point and Mike Brown. But he wasn't that. gone. He wasn't gone. He wasn't physically at the games and at practice. He was still uh, part of their culture. He was still part of their system. He was still communicating with the players and the coaching staff. And then he was back before the end of the season. He had back surgery. He yeah, didn't leave I, because he was asked to leave. Yeah, I just I think so it's talented. I, I just I don't know. Well, okay, so let's My thing is, here's my thing. Even yeah. if Ime was here, I would still say that Milwaukee in Philly, with the way James Harden looks locked in right now, I don't agree. With in 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 the Nets, I think I the Nets are going to be really either. good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I still think all these teams could challenge the Celtics with Ime or without them. I, I'd still pick the Celtics in the series with or without Ime. I I think they should figure this out. They're going to have a full season to figure it out, and they're would, so talented. I, I think the only thing that's going to dis dismember them is is injuries. And that's something we can touch on today because that seems like it's going to be a little bit of an issue that could really hurt this team. I think I, I, I see. I don't know what Missoula is going to bring yet. I, I guess we're going to have to wait to see on that. And um, I, I took a look at first year head coaches that won NBA titles, and it's a it's a short list. And there's 
two constants usually. Either a great team, that they come a ready made ready made great team with a spectacular player. Pat Riley with the Lakers with uh, Magic Johnson, uh, the coach before Pat Riley with the Lakers, with Magic Johnson and Kareem, that Magic got ousted the year before. Casey Jones with the Celtics and Larry Bird. Ty Lue with LeBron James. Steve Kerr with Steph Curry and company. Although it was Phil he? Jackson, right? Uh, Phil Jackson didn't win his first year. Um, right, yeah. yeah uh, and you got Bill Russell who, um, you know, took over for Red as a player coach yeah, and, and had a, a dynasty. And there might be one or two more, but you see the pattern there. These are, you know, all-time great rosters with all-time great players, with the exception of Cleveland, but they had an all-time great player, even if that wasn't an all-time great roster. Yeah, but the Celtics all- make it back to the championship. You know, they, still had, they still had Irvin, they still had Kevin Love, and they had LeBron. So yeah. the question is, how good is this roster and how Great. good is Jason Tatum? Is, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. Know, yeah, so, I, think and it, I think those are open questions still, Mike. Yeah, like I feel really good about it, but they had a really great half season that got them to the NBA finals when the coach was part of that culture. And um, I think you're probably right, but I, I don't think it's definitive. I, I don't think we know definitively. Yeah, I, I, well, they need to have a great half season. They don't need to have a great full season. I think we learned that last year. So I'm not going to be concerned if they come out slow with everything that's happened. I think they just have to figure it out by the playoffs time because this team is is stacked with talent. And I think the point you just made, like what I would say is that if this Celtics team makes it back to the finals and wins, you know, that's a team that went two years in a row, wasn't healthy last year. You know, you could be talking about one of the all-time great teams. I would be concerned if this team came out with complacency and was average at the beginning of the season. I'd be very. I wouldn't very call concerned. it complacency. I would call it bad play because I'd be of concerned situations. I'd be concerned because with everything that's happened, that has the potential to steamroll downhill fast. Uh, I, I, with everything that's happened early on in the season already. Um. I would be concerned with that. I guess. I mean, talent wins in the NBA. This team. Well, we've I, seen I, teams with talent underachieve in the NBA quite often, too. We've seen teams um, with high expectations. Yeah, but what if Tatum yeah, and Brown ever yeah, played? Yeah, recently. Not hit the mark. Yeah, well, I, I think two years ago, when we look at that team, that team sucked. When you look at who was on the team compared to what they have now and what they had last season. Three years ago, you mean? Two years ago when they were basically a 500 team and got swept by the Nets. Oh, I'm not looking at that team. I'm looking at the Kyrie team, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, Tatum Brown, Morris. Okay. Team. Yeah. Which completely well, Tatum and Brown are so different now, Jim. It's it's not like these immature but guys. I'm, I'm not looking at that. I'm not looking at them as apples to apples. I'm looking at teams with high expectations that didn't fulfill them. And usually there's factors that happen. Kyrie was one foot out the door and yeah. the chemistry went south. This, there are factors here, Mike, there are factors here as of today that if things don't go well and they don't steady the ship, you need to be concerned. 
I don't need to be concerned. Well, you don't need to be concerned. I, I I'm not. I, 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 I guess I don't agree. I think this team's going to be fine. I do. I think they're going to be fine. I'm more, uh, I'm, I'm more optimistic. I hope I'm not coming off saying they're going to suck, but I, I think there are questions that they're going to have to answer. I, I, I think the I think the bigger questions are coaching for me. I think the bigger questions and the bigger concerns are Rob's hurt again. It went from, you know, two to four weeks to now six to eight. Mm-hmm. And when he comes back, how healthy is he actually going to be? When's he going to get hurt again? And what yeah, the hell is the plan to back that up? Because Al Horford is 38 years old, coming off a great season, talking about not sitting during back-to-backs with why do you what why would you not sit al during back-to-backs that's just crazy to me when we talk about long-term planning let's learn from our losses last year because some games al looked great in the playoffs and then others he just disappeared um and i didn't know luke Cornette was already hurt that was news to me when you brought that up so that's just, a position of concern as we, the same sprain. as we as we move for as they move forward um I think they have to figure out that that what they're doing with their big guys and what that rotation is going to look like because that could derail the that could derail the Celtics. Well, here here's I so I I was concerned the last time about their big man depth. Early in the season, I'm just not that concerned anymore. I I, I think if they early, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I I think they can outscore people. I didn't give enough credit to what the signing of Malcolm Brogdon does. For this team and rotations and the lineups you can throw out there, you could go small at times. You could, um, you know, you could get away with a five that really is just average or below average because of what they can bring offensively. And they have enough wing defenders where um, that person doesn't have to be a dominant defender when you're not really game planning. I I, I think if Malcolm Brogdon is, is healthy and is playing at a high level earlier in this season, uh, or at least to the level that we're accustomed to seeing when he's healthy, I, I think this team is going to be lethal on the offensive end or has the potential to be. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, especially if they cut down on their turnovers and stuff. And I, I think um, they should really be able to crush the average to below average competition and, and win their fair share about what teams they match up. I, I um it almost gives me less, you know, maybe we go ahead and see something different, but I, it gives me some comfort that you can, you can take your time with Rob. And I, I'm not as concerned about that five from now until February, you know, however that shakes out, it shakes out. And that's going to be really important in February to figure that out. Because I think right now, what you're saying is this team has to learn how to play small and play effective small and win playing small and scoring at a high level and still playing well on the defensive. Well, they have that. Yeah. They have the talent to do it. They even the skill well, players that, to do it. They, yeah. No question. Yeah. That, that, that's what I want to see at the beginning of the season, because we may Celtics may get to a point where, where they don't have a solid backup coming off the bench, the backup Rob and, and Al Horford, the playoffs are here and Rob's not available. They have to, I think it's on them that they have to be able to do both because he's just not reliable. And well, that, we be, the, that becomes more matchup. Playoffs are matchup dependent. So if you go against Joel Embiid and that's your and, and that's your play to go small, you're going to get killed in the playoffs against him. Well, well, the, you know, I, you, so it's all matchup. So your roster better be in place by then. So that's why I said February. Yeah, uh, they and and looking at the team now, 
they have four guys in camp. Three of them are former first round picks. And one is a guy that I think they signed out of Europe. They're all six ten and above. Maybe one of them shows that they can sure. do something. Yeah. Um, that's what you hope for. You know, the Blake Griffin signing, you're not looking at a guy who's going to give you much. I think what I saw from him in the playoffs last year when he got some minutes was a guy who's, who does play really hard and he is really strong, but he's yeah, limited. He, he, he shoots too much. He can't defend anybody. Um, but if he brings that kind of effort to the team that he brought against the Celtics, that's why I liked him. I haven't seen him play much in the last couple of years. I saw him in that playoff series. It looked like a guy who really cared. I think if that's mm-hmm. going to be like your fifth big, I'm fine with it. But I'm, I'm hoping one of these. I'm hoping one of these guys in camp. You know, maybe it's like a Greg Steensma type or a Ryan Hollins that we had during the Garnett years that just come out of nowhere and can actually play a little bit. Yeah, um, I'd I'd prefer to see that. I, I think you know he's on a guaranteed contract, so he's going to be on the roster. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he plays on. You know, he's a decent positional defender, so he'll pick up some charges and stuff. Anyone with any athletic ability or skill, he cannot cover on the perimeter. Um, he is a three-point shooter now more than anything else within the offense. Um, still a decent rebounder. Um, He's got balls, though. Like, seeing him getting up yeah. in Tatum's chest last year. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a this. tough guy. I don't – yeah, uh, that's nice. It's a nice thing to have, I guess. It is. I've seen this intangible thing. Intangibles to me only matter if you can play. Like, I don't think – um, what's his name on the Heat that they sign every year makes any impact on that team whatsoever. You know, <laughs> sign him up as an assistant coach. Then the reason why I, I think he people bring up PJ Brown all the time, but PJ Brown played and had an impact in those playoffs, and he was a factor. He wasn't just a cheerleader on the bench or a guy that would get up in someone's face like Kendrick Perkins towards the end of his career. Those guys don't matter. So it's nice that he's tough. It's nice maybe he'll give you a a few minutes here or there, but if he can't play, he doesn't he can still uh, score. We'll see. Oh. Yeah. He can add a hope and shot. Uh, like I, maybe he gives more than I think he can. I, the other option is I would rather about. have another young guy in there and figure it out. If you, you actually have something. Well, than have exactly. Yeah. And as you bring up the trade deadline, the other thing that they'll have at that point, cause it'll be past December 15th is Gallo's contract. So you can, you can that, move yeah. that with a second round pick, maybe bring in a big. And the other thing to keep an eye on is this Phoenix team seems to be falling apart at the seams and Jay Crowder wants out. So his value on the trade market continues to drop because he's made it clear he's not going to yeah, play. Yeah, but he's, he's like, what, 10, 11 million? I, I, I don't know how you make that math work. It'd have to get really creative um, to pull off. It sounds like they want that deal to be made um, sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So this isn't the guy that's going to be around at the trade deadline. Um, Got to get him now. No, and, and so when you think about contracts that would work, it'd be like Derek White. Why? Why would you even consider no. doing something like that? Um, and then you're maybe Grant Williams and somebody again. Why would you do that? Grant Williams and Jay Crowder. Yeah, I, I think Grant Williams is a better player right now. Um, I and it also seems like Jay Crowder, if he doesn't start, really turns into a whiny bitch. And he's not starting here. So, uh, you know, he, he keeps demanding to be traded everywhere he's been or he's leaving because he's not within the starting rotation. So I like, I don't know, let him go to Miami. I, I, I don't think he's that much of an impact player anymore. Um, he can hit an open three. 
you can defend a little bit. Yeah, they're just nice to have on the roster. I just don't know how you make it work. They're still a little thin at the wing, obviously. The Celtics, yeah, it'd be nice to have. I don't know. I don't know how you pull it off. I I just don't know how you make that trade, Um, unless you really think Grant Williams is is gone. But even then, you better be getting a first round pick. If you're making, I wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, it really isn't. The thing that Um, hurts them is that they can't trade Gallo now. If they could move Gallo's contract now, yeah, they can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do wanted to. um, You mentioned something earlier that I wanted to touch on a little bit earlier in the pod, but we got kind of going on the Celts in in their outlook. You mentioned uh, the Celtics doing the background research on Ime. Um, I don't know about it how that went i'm not sure what was to be known or if there was anything to be known some people do a really you good can job. miss these things so that's why yeah, I'm some okay people do a it. real good job of hiding who they are but it yeah, does bring yeah. us to missoula and i i, I think oh, we'd be remiss fair. not to bring this up um yeah, brad at the press conference mentioned that he was good with who joe missoula is now I forget the exact language he used, but it was pretty much as, you know, I've known him for two years. I, um, I'm fully confident in the person he is. He's accepting of his mistakes in the past. And, you know, we're going to kind of move on from here. And I, that's fine. And I think Brad probably has a strength as a person and as a father and as a coach is he tries to see the best in everybody. And I think that's a great quality to have as a person. It's not the best quality I always have as a manager. And because you get blind spots. And I, look, he's accepting of what his mistakes. Well, he did it in public. He grabbed a woman by the throat in public at a bar. So it was seen. So he can't, there's really no deniability there. When Joe Missoula was in college. He and he was so brazen about it, he was able to do it in public. So as far as we know, that's the that's the incident, the, the abusive incident we had against the women. But that's only because that's what he got caught for. We don't know if things had happened before, and we don't know if things have happened since. And now I'm not accusing him of anything. I'm not. But Men that put their hands on women, it's typically not a one-time thing. It's typically not. Doesn't that's not an absolute, but it's typically not. And then we got to get to the point of redemption. Do you believe in redemption? Well, that's a personal thing. And sometimes people can be rehabilitated, or they can learn from their mistakes. Absolutely. But it sounds like the price he paid was some sort of plea agreement. And maybe he had to take a class or whatever. And maybe he, you know, through parents and coaches and everyone else, he really did turn the page. And, you know, that was a one-time thing. And he learned from it. But everyone else should be skeptical. Or if not skeptical... At least go on this with the perspective that we don't know everything. 
and that we don't really know for sure if what he is saying is true. And the benefit of the doubt, he lost it a little bit from the public perspective when he put his hands on that woman. And I know it was 13 years ago, and I know he was in college. But it's not something that, you know, I've seen people on Twitter get hushed about bringing it up. I've seen Celtics fans and prominent Celtics accounts wondering why uh, certain uh, female ESPN personalities had brought it up. And it's fair game. It it is absolute fair game. And if I'm going to sit here and denounce Tyreek Hill for his past transgressions or Bridges for what he was did over the summer, then this needs to be talked about. And, um, you know, is it a disqualifier? If you put your hands on women that you should coach, it's a, it's a, it's a fair question. And yeah, it's, a, okay. it's a fair question. And, and, you know, he did it 13 years ago. He's 19, 20 years old. And that needs to be factoring too. But again, he was brazen enough to do it in front of people. And that's that should raise other questions. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you this. If there's more, the Globe's going to come out with it. Because I'm telling you, I think the Globe is investigating what's going on with the Celtics and their hiring practice and what the culture is within that organization. I think they were not just Dan Shaughnessy, but women reporter from the Globe at that press conference asking some interesting questions to me that tell me they know more and know something already. And I agree with you, Jim, that you can't just go with like, hey, what Brad said is I know this guy and um, he's learned from his past transgressions and blah, blah, blah. Um, usually guys like this, if, especially if they did it in guys who've done things like this, especially if they've done it in public, there's more to the story about who they are and what they're capable of and other bad things that they've done. Um, I'm hopeful that the Celtics ownership and Brad Stevens have vetted this guy, are true to their word, and that this guy made a terrible mistake 13 years ago and did a terrible act. And it was a one-time thing where, you know, his anger management classes helped him. You know, he's a changed man who is rehabilitated. Um, Because I think the other side of it is, no matter what crime you commit, does that mean you have to go through the rest of your life never having opportunities? It's a real important point. Yeah, it's a real so important like, point. It's a real important I'm not here trying to make points to defend this guy. Yeah. No, I, but, I think what he did was freaking shitty. It's, a, it's, an, it's an important this point. Is, it's it, an interesting conversation, but in the end, like, I don't know how much time I want to spend on him on the pod in this stuff because I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but I hear you, you know? I, I think the last point you made is an important one. And does it, you know, there he certainly deserves to make a living. Does it disqualify him from starting jobs and able to make a living in some line of work? Yeah, it would. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I look, I, I have no doubt they vetted him. I really, I, I think they vetted him. And I, I think he probably has come up clean, especially after the Sudoka thing. I, like, I, I think they needed 
to be, I would be highly surprised. But there's vetting somebody and there's truly investigating them. <laughs> That's a big difference. Well, yeah. I, 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 I think, I think we better be careful if you're the Celtics, yeah. because I think there are entities out there truly investigating you now. And I think my bigger point is it's an absolute fair question and a conversation to have uh, with his past and, and whether he, I, should, I agree. Well, and how that should affect whether he, has anybody even questioned him on it? Uh, has any report is really so it was brought up in his initial press conference it wasn't um i don't believe there was follow-up but it was brought up in his press conference and um you know he just i think he said something like he took responsibility and you know and talked about his life a little bit and and, and very vague generalities um who's the sideline reporter for the patriots during the preseason what's his name steve burton Steve Byrne, yeah. yeah. That's the guy they need to get down there to ask some questions. Uh, because Steve he really Byrne, stands he really stands up for this stuff. He's like on the white ribbon campaign. He's he's got he's open about dealing with domestic violence and seeing it. Whether it was a friend or his own family, he's brought it up. Um, you know, they need guys who are gonna ask real questions and challenge and get some information here. Like it's too bad Byron Barnett retired because there's a guy who didn't care. Um it's unfortunate that he didn't get pressed. He should be getting pressed about his past right now. Yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's absolutely fair. I, I find it interesting that's who they chose after all this with this in the background. Um, and it, you know, you brought up the point of whether you know what does it mean? You know, people do change, and you know they may have investigated him fully, like you talked about, embedded and found nothing. But I don't know how you fully investigate and vet someone's home. Um, and what goes inside there. And that's probably not fair of me because I'm making accusations that are unfounded, even yeah. just by alluding to them. I'm not making direct accusation, but just even by alluding to them. I, um, I just find it, they believe he's the best player for a team that needs to win a championship and that's the way they hired. But I, I, I do find it um, questionable, you know, going in this direction based on what they're coming off of. And I, I just find it questionable. You know, I didn't look, if I'm being fair here, yeah. if I'm being fair and I I'm not just being a Celtics fan, I didn't want Chauncey Billups because of his past. Yeah. And, and there was someone else out there too last year. I forget who this, the other guy, there was two guys, Chauncey Billups and someone else. Wait, what did he do? Um, abusive past. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was, um, there was something new, yeah, with Phillips, where it was back when he was first came into the league, where he was accused of like attempted rape or something. Again, when I, he first I, like when he was on the Celtics, I don't know, I don't know the details, oh. but it was there. Okay, so I'm going to be Jeez. careful on what he was accused of or wasn't. I'm going to take back what I just said of attempted rape, but there was something significant there, and oh, there was wow. a second, and there was a second coach. Oh, Jason Kidd. Well, well, we know, I, I don't want that because we, we clearly know we clearly know about that what happened there. Mm. I didn't want either guy for those reasons. And again, maybe Phillips is a better man today, and that never happened again. But I just didn't want it. Yeah, yeah. like you, you go ahead and you go do something like that. I I kind of do think it does disqualify you from positions like this. Mm. And I I am disappointed. I am disappointed that they've gone in this direction. 
with this hanging out there. And, um, yeah, you know, so that I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't like it. And, um, he's going to be a guy that I'm going to have a tough time warming up to, um, as we move forward. Oh, Hey, I, I, I definitely get it. I mean, um, I haven't thought a lot about it, so yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Where I'm from, I think, and um, yeah, I, the fact that he choked somebody, a female, especially at a bar in front of people, is is horrible. Um, if we could just switch gears real quick, yeah, yeah, I think we um, I'm not caught up on something here. Is and not that he's a real important player, but he is now with all the injuries. But is Luke Cornett like really hurt? Is did no, it's, a, it's, it's what I read. Jared Weiss reported earlier, I would say less than an hour ago, sprained ankle one to two weeks. Okay. Um, but it, it shows like how limited they are at that position. You know, Luke Cornett, right. that we're talking about on our podcast, Luke Cornett. Um, and that's, that's another reason why I don't like the Blake Griffin signing. If Al has to miss a game for rest and you're left with just Luke Cornett and, and whoever's behind him, I mean, Blake Griffin could go out on the court, look at somebody, and blow his ACL. I, like he—he he is not reliable to stay healthy or and uh, or even be good. I, I I throw some young guys out there and see if you can find a couple that can be athletic and 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 be able to help. I I know they're probably thinking he's going to understand scheme. He's going to be able to a guy you'd be able to kind of fit right in, an extra voice on the coaching staff. But again, that stuff does not matter if you can't play, either because you're physically unable to. Are you just not good anymore? That shit doesn't matter then. And I um, think too, the one thing that uh, the other thing too is I think they didn't have to do it right now. They didn't have to sign a guy right now. I don't think so. And I look at the trade between OKC and the Rockets yesterday. I don't know what Derek Favis has left anymore. But he's probably gonna get he's probably gonna get bought out. I don't think the Rockets are gonna hold on to him. So it's like and he's just an example. Like I feel like during training camp, you could probably still, and during the preseason, probably still find somebody on the fringes of a roster that could come in and actually play. Um, and now you, you could just guarantee the contract, so that that takes away some flexibility with bringing in Blake. I I, I think the more non guaranteed contracts you have at that position right now, the better. As you try to figure this out. Um, and that's my, you know, what I like about Blake, what I don't like is that he's, he's here, you know, no matter what you signed him. Um, I, I think I, I would have gone with the flexibility of having guys that I can just get rid of if I see something that I want at that position. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't in a hurry to sign him. Uh, maybe there's other underlying factors that, you know, we're not talking about why they did it. Um, but He's here. I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that much that they signed him or didn't sign him. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we, we've spent a significant amount of time on Blake Griffin, probably five more minutes than we ever should have. Uh, well, that's what we do here. Yeah. Uh, hey, I guess I'll, I'll end with my final thought here, Mike, getting back to basketball. Mm-hmm. I, um, I said last week that I, I was concerned. Um, and I, I still have some concerns, but I, I feel better about this team early on during the year. I'm really excited to see Malcolm Brogdon out there with this with this group and what that lineup is going to look like offensively. I'm, I'm excited about seeing um, Derek White, second year, fully into the system, 
training camp, getting comfortable with his teammates. Um, I think he brings a lot of um, intangibles that are actually basketball intangibles, good on the floor, not, you know, I'm Blake Griffin, I'm going to get in your face because I'm, I'm a tough guy, I guess, intangibles. I, I, I think um, some of the lineups they could throw out there could be unconventional, but effective. And I, I, you know, they're not going to be perfect early, but I think they're going to win a, a more than their fair share of games and get off to a better start than um, I was at least thinking they were going to after this email news broke a week ago. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to end with these quick points. I got, I got a couple. They're really quick. I, I think that the Celtics are going to be very dynamic offensively, and we're going to have a little bit of a different team without Rob than what we used to last year, and they're going to take a step back defensively at the beginning of this year. But I think we're going to see a lot of really fun basketball as far as on the offensive end. Um, and I think when Rob comes back, if Rob's healthy, I, I think this team's in the driver's seat, and I'm looking forward to next season and and what Malcolm Brogdon can bring and the dynamic of him and Derek White playing together and Smart and Brogdon playing together and what it looks like and you know Derek White's new shooting form that we're seeing right now and really excited for all that. Um, and then just across the league, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with the Phoenix Suns. Is the ownership situation there and the players that already hate being there for some reason? So there was always already a culture problem there at the end of the season last year with the way Game Seven went down <clears throat> and DeAndre Ayton feel stuck there. Uh, I am. I just want to see if that's going to be a team that even tries, or are they all trying to get traded? And then I'm really excited to see what the Detroit Pistons are this year. They're a team that was a lot of fun to watch against the Celtics last year. I think they had another good draft. Um, they, I think they have uh, one of the better young talents in the league in Cade Cunningham. And I, love him. Um, I think they could be a team that surprises people this year. So that's what I'm really I'm, – I'm looking forward to uh, watching them this season as well. Yeah, I could see them, you know, compete for that play-in. I could absolutely yeah. see them compete for that play-in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I think there's – a lot of interesting things going on around the league. What Kawhi's going to look like with the Clippers and that talent. Oh, that team. If they're healthy and know. they play, ooh. Do you got a motivated uh, Anthony Davis with the Lakers? Or are we going to be he's already hurt. Anthony Davis? He is? Yep. I saw someone tweet he's got a chip on his shoulder, and then someone tweeted, uh, replied, well, that means he's going to be out for six months. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, call me then, crazy. And I know a lot of people will think this is nuts and he's not going to be what he was. I believe that John Wall is going to be great. I do. I've always loved him. I I always have. I know those Washington teams weren't very good, but I always thought he was great. I think when you sit out for that long, it's not. That's, I understand. Yeah. and, uh, you know, I, I think in the East, we, we talk about a motivated James Harden. Is he in shape and better? Or is he just on the back nine? I think <laughs> that's a real question. And then yep. uh, Brooklyn. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. And you see Kyrie at his press conference already being an asshole. I, really? Like, I missed that, that. Yeah, yeah. Like um, blaming. Worse than uh, Belichick? Blaming Durant for the offseason uh, theatrics because he wanted to be traded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like very um, passive aggressively, you know, and and only the way Kyrie can. And, um, you know, talking about basically how he's a hero, not a villain on the vaccine stuff. 
I just I feel like they all are. He's going to be a, a pouty. Bitch. They're all victims. He's going to be those a people are victims all season long. He he talked about how the vaccine stuff cost him hundreds of millions of dollars. Actually, Kyrie, people were already sick and tired of your act before that, and think you're an asshole, and no one wants to sign you to that contract anymore. And and then the whole Ben Simmons of you know whether he's going to shoot or not. So that's what what's going on in Brooklyn is going to be very interesting to watch. Um, and I, I, I think, um, you know, it should be a fun season all the way around. There's some very talented basketball teams and how this all plays out. And usually that means when you have this many talented basketball teams, you're going to have a few, at least one or two very disappointed seasons that are unexpected. And so we'll see where those, those happen. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, until next time. All right, guys. Be good. Bye.